Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash dissonance pod for your free audiobook download. Hi, y'all. This is Hillbilly God. We got another edition of God's Mailbag. A Roomba asks, what are the Hillbilly Ten Commandments? Well, I'll read them off to you. One, ain't but one guy. Two, honor your ma and pa. Three, no telling tales or gossiping. Number four, get your hide to Sunday meeting. Number five, ain't nothing come before the Lord. Number six, no fooling with another feller's gal. Number seven, no killing except for critters. Number eight, quit your foul mouthing. Number nine, no swiping your kinfolk stuff. And number 10, don't be hankering for it neither. They'd seem to forgot just one of them. Love me or I'll torture you forever and ever because I'm just. Stacy asks, why does God let children die? An innocent two-year-old died. It was a freak accident. But why did God let it happen? Why didn't God let her pull through? Sweet Jesus crispy cake, Stacy. Why don't you take better care of your youngin? You act like I created the entirety of existence just to watch you suffer. That's only partially true. Anonymous asks, Dear Hillbilly God, when will the world end? Well, I haven't paid a payment on the world for some time now. It was paid off, and then I got one of them title loans, and I bet you could guess the rest. Well, anywho, the uh, foreclosure date is 4.5 billion years in the future. So uh, I'll either have to wait until then or move y'all out sooner. And if I move you out sooner, I'll probably do it with lots of beasts, locusts, and frogs. But I'm not sure yet. I'll get back to you. John asks, Dear Hillbilly God, can you make a possum so big even you couldn't skin it? Well, that's a pretty dumb question, John. No matter how big I made it, I live forever. So with my favorite skinning knife, a few angels to play the jug and the banjo, an infinite time, I could skin anything. In fact, I'll be seeing you in six years. Sure to tune in next time when I talk about the best way to transport your moonshine. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical. It's political. And there is no welcome mat. This is episode 85 of Cognitive Dissonance. We're 85% of the way to our centennial. We have a B, a solid B at this What's point. Gonna, is there a fucking plan for the centennial? When, are you not? Were you not part of the, the centennial planning committee? Uh, I, I wasn't on the planning committee. Dude, it's going to be awesome. There's going to be fucking balloons and shit that just come yeah. down, like streamers. <laughs> We're going to totally record another episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a big deal. I don't Man. know about a big deal. It'll be another episode. Two that's fucking for people sure. in this operation, and you don't get the memo. How does that happen? I, I don't know. You know. I can't believe you wrote a memo. <laughs> I had to handwrite it. I'm not tech savvy enough yeah. to type the fucking thing. That's <laughs> so this is going to be probably a pretty quick episode because the stories this week sucked. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Uh, our very first story is just really weird. It's from Huffington Post. Cheryl Nuxel. 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 Idaho GOP state senator, the fine state of Idaho, home of potatoes, compares <laughs> health care to the Holocaust. Home of delicious potatoes. First of all, she needs to get a mullet trim. Yes. That's yes. the very the first thing you see. You see a picture of her posing with Santorum. And the, yeah, and it's she's like, got Santorum all over. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. She's nearly, she's covered in Santorum, she, practically. Uh, you, you need it to slick back that Camaro she's wearing. <laughs> Party in the front. 
She's all right. What is it? Business in the front, party, party in, the, in back? the back. Is that it? Yeah, I mean, she's got a full eye rock on that yeah. thing, man. She does, man. She does. It's it's kind of domed, and then she's got the fucking like 1989 bangs that right. sort of roll over and touch her eyes. And it That's emphasizes awesome. how the hair is thinning too. God. That's nice. That's like a every good look. every high school girl I went to school with was hot with that haircut. That is not true. They were it's just not. girls in high school. It's not. I'm just it's saying, not. like girls in high school, they all start off as an eight because you're so yeah. horny. Yeah, like that's just how it works. You're just it's like hard to imagine this woman ever went to high school. <laughs> well, she did. She didn't learn a hell of a lot. Because she didn't go to history class. It turns out <laughs> she she is a uh, a vocal opponent of the uh, health care initiative, the Affordable Care Act. Um, and she's, she made some comments that, that I seriously cannot make heads or tails out of. I can't. Um, in an email to supporters, she wrote, quote, this is a fucking quote. This is a good quote. Man. The insurance companies are creating their own tombs, much tombs. like the Jews boarding the trains to concentration camps. What? Private insurers are used by the feds to put the system in place because the federal government has no way to set up the exchange. Ah, just like the Jews boarding the trains to concentration camps. Except no what? one's going to die. <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> I don't even understand. What's, okay. It, insurance companies are like Jews. Right? They're not like Jews at all. How are they like Jews? I don't even They're understand what's going on. real. Every every organization that eventually gets phased out will just get its own Israel. It's like yeah. <laughs> where you go there, like health insurance is really expensive, <laughs> and you're surrounded by enemies all the time. Yeah, no and you kidding. have to be a belligerent asshole just to survive. I mean, it, it's 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 like comparing just a, like man, this orchard is just like how the Jews were killed. Like it's just a random. You're picking a random thing, and just like, do you think you're impassioning people? I wonder if that's what she thinks. Is that if I bring the Jews up here, it's going to impassion people? I'm reminded of a skit from Family Guy where Lois is running for city council, and she stumbles across the words 9/11, and people cheer, and so she keeps on her entire speech is just her going 9/11, and then they cheer, and she's like nine, and then they go eleven. <laughs> and they just cheer like every time they're like, you know, clapping and applauding, you know, and it's it's the same thing. It's like you're just injecting some sort of rhetoric in here to try to bolster your position. But your rhetoric doesn't make any sense. It, it's like it's like rhetoric guaranteed to just infuriate people, too. And she right. goes on like she's st- when she gets questioned on it. She's like, oh, hang on a minute. Let me clarify. Quote, I just want people to know the truth. I felt badly for the Jews. It wasn't just <laughs> Jews, but Jews and Christians and Catholics and priests. What? My thing was they didn't know what was going on. The insurance companies are not realizing what's going to end up in their demise. Just, just fucking say you're sorry. Just stop with the Jew comparisons. <laughs> stop comparing the slaughter of six million people. To the possible demise of private health care insurance. It, it doesn't even make sense that it even would – the thing is, is it's not – it's not even set up to do that anyway. Know. They're going they, – if they were, they would just be like, it's a national health care system. Then you get rid of all the insurance or most of the insurance companies unless you want some sort of boutique health care. Right. Well, then they're not going to kill them. <laughs> they're not going to gas them. Well – It's not – that's not, I don't know, Tom. <laughs> The death panels are for real. The death <laughs> panels are for real. Oh, you wear a blue cross, blue shield tattooed on your arm. <laughs> all the all the representatives <laughs> of Humana are like starving and huddled together around barbed wire fences. Like we just worked in the call center. Fuck. <laughs> They're all tattooed with HMO on them. <laughs> Instead of separating men and women, they're separating the HMO and PPO, <laughs> you know, in two distinct lines. It's fucking lunacy. Yeah, the Shut PPO up. are the ones that are they're, they're like policing the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> the HMO are just like, uh, we're going to kill you. You know what? You're actually going to have to talk to somebody else first. <laughs> you know, I can't get you in this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be six to eight weeks for an yeah. appointment. <laughs> I wish 
wish I could help you. Fucking leg just fell off. Ooh, yeah, yeah that's not covered. Be fine. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's a pre-existing condition, <laughs> my friend. Listen, you were starving before you got here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this story comes from the New York Times. Modesty in ultra-Orthodox Brooklyn is enforced by secret squads. See, so we were just lambasting the UK. (laughs) Just lambasting the UK. For their crazy squads of Muslim vigilantes roaming the streets and just, like, harassing people. Harassing them, if you're Clarence Thomas. Harassing. About what they're wearing. And evidently in Brooklyn, uh, same shit, different religion. I love the thing is is it's not like the brute squad that's walking around being like this is a Muslim area pour out your beer and like yelling at them instead they the modesty squads no 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 modesty squad <laughs> they are like Worst. instead what they do is they're very they're very polite these guys they'll just call up and be like oi hey uh your uh, daughter has a short skirt there uh, i'd be ashamed if something were to happen to her huh <laughs> That's a mighty nice store window you got there. Be a sure be, would be a shame if a brick were to go through it, huh? <laughs> it's the Modesty Squad's utility belts are just chastity belts. <laughs> <laughs> chastity belts with like like a cell phone, so they can call these people on the phone to let them know that you know you shouldn't have a nearly naked mannequin in your or a fucking modestly covered mannequin in your window. If a mannequin, if the concern is that a mannequin might quote inadvertently arouse men and boys, first of all, if the mannequin purposely arouses passing men and boys, then it is the mannequin from Mannequin, yeah. the movie. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, the only aroused mannequin I've ever seen, I'm, the only person who's ever been aroused about a mannequin is the woman who was, like, fucking from uh, Sex in the City, whatever her name was. That It's not the horse-faced one. It's the other one. <laughs> not the horse-faced one. So it's not Sarah Jessica Parker. No, I don't it's know not. Who the rest of them are. It's not Sarah Jessica Parker. Isn't it Kim Cattrall? Was she in that show? That's it. That's who it is, yeah. It's just such a weird, like, um... And they even say in this article, they say, like, they kind of operate like the mafia, where they'll they'll say you won't get any business. And these people have to kowtow to their fucking demands, which are ludicrous demands. Dress your mannequin better? Like, put more clothes on? What do you mean to cover it with a fucking afghan? What the fuck am I supposed to do? Why would you want to do business in a neighborhood that threatens you with these veiled threats? And you're right. They are the exact same threats. Like, they're, they're like crazy mob threats. Like, they're crazy, like, godfather mob threats, you know? Like, these are offers you can't refuse. Yeah. And I don't understand why neighborhoods put up with this shit. You know, I mean, I understand the idea of a boycott, right? Like, I understand you vote with your dollar. So you see a place like this and you say, okay, you know, I don't like what they're doing here. It'd be like if if we were walking down in, like, the middle of a downtown area and there was a I don't, I don't even know what I – I can't even think of anything I'd be offended by. It's like <laughs> – I mean I don't know. Like fucking – again, I'm still fucking stuck on what I would be – something that I am offended by I would see. <laughs> the thing. I can't even fucking define it <laughs> The offend you. Cecil store. Because I'm just like, I don't know. Like fucking I'm not really offended by a lot. So <clears> I see it. I'll be like, okay. You know, like – I mean I guess it would be if I walk by a store and they had faux lynched black people hanging oh up. God. Like, that would offend me, right? So so I see that, and I go, oh, that's... The Mart? That's, yeah, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know what's on Blue Light Special. You just don't. So I, I walk by, and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, that's offensive. I'm not going to shop here. Like, that's what a normal person does. They say, sure. okay, well, you've offended me. Instead, these people mobilize. They, they get everybody together and they're like, oh, and again, I can sort of see that too because it's like boycott. If I saw that and I was so offended, I might say something like, man, that fucking KKK Mart sucks my balls. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to shop there. I'm going to tell all my friends about this. I'm going to tweet about it, whatever, and get a bunch of people n- not to go there. But the fact is, is like, like these are threats. It's different if you're just going to boycott a store. Sure. Boycott a store. Good. You know, people do it all the time. You know, when there's threats involved, especially when they're talking about, like, smashing windows, that's not how you handle this. And it's altogether right. 
that DOMA discriminate against homosexual behavior because it is not a benign alternative to heterosexuality. It's got a host of pathologies associated with it. It is not behavior that ought to be endorsed, promoted, sanctioned, funded, subsidized, protected in law by any rational society. We ought to discriminate against homosexual uh, behavior. This next story is from Salon.com. It's also from kind of all over the place. This was like the, uh, the story that I just couldn't not find this week. Churches threaten to pull funding if Boy Scouts drop anti-gay ban. Um, what's particularly interesting to me about this is that um, I, was a, I was a Cub Scout when I was a kid. Um, I never make it to the Boy Scouts. I quit before that because it seemed like a lot of work. I'm too lazy for that shit. But uh, <laughs> we always got together, like, in the church basement. Like, that's where these things seem to happen, right? Like the Boy Scouts, the Cub Scouts. Um, and even though we got together in a church basement, my Cub Scout experience was not an overtly religious experience. But clearly, the churches, in, in many churches, rather, um, are, are trying to control the direction of, of the Boy Scouts by threatening to pull their funding, to, to yank the... Do they not understand that the Boy Scouts can just sell more popcorn? Like, yeah. it's it's okay. <laughs> They'll just go to a different place. You'll just seem more out of touch. Yeah. You, if, you, if you pull your funding, the thing about this story, it's like, well, we'll pull our funding. Well, okay. Then you'll have less influence. You're just going to marginalize yourself. You're going to remove yourself from the equation... Um, even further. This seems to me like a a really foolish decision. There's nothing to be gained by the churches doing this. Yeah, the churches did threaten to pull out funding of the Boy Scouts, but they did not threaten to pull out of the boys. <laughs> so that's one thing I think we need to look forward to. We'll have to look forward for that. Uh, there's a part of this article where it says at the bottom, and this is a, a concerned parent, if this comes to pass, then I will pull my boy from Boy Scouts. It won't be because that I fear, as some ridiculously ridiculously suggest, I simply don't approve of the lifestyle. Uh, so what they're saying is they're saying, I don't fear the lifestyle. I just don't approve of it. Well, since when do you have to approve of everyone else's life decisions? Like in order to – have a conversation with somebody. Do I have to then say like – do I have to sign like a document that says I approve of every life decision you've made up till this point? I mean what, what, is, what kind of world do we live in where that's the case? It's not the case. Um, I may not approve of, uh, of many things that have happened in your life. But that's not my fucking place, man. You know, like it's not my place to decide – whether or not – like that would be the same thing as if, if they were saying, well, you know, you married a woman who's too fat. Well, fuck you, man. Right. What the fuck is it? You're, it's not your call. You don't get to decide that I – or I married a girl who's too skinny. This isn't fucking Jack Spratt fucking nursery rhyme. Like you don't get to decide who, you, who I get to marry or who I get to love. Obviously, there's things somebody could do where you would to lose total respect for them. But the idea here is like – Everybody you meet, you've got to like basically like, you know, that you got they got to get the stamp of approval from you in some way based on all their life decisions. What if you don't like the car they drive? Everybody that's involved in an organization that my child's going to be involved in has to submit to me a two hour long video documentary about their <laughs> lifestyle in order for me to allow my kid to join yeah. the same organization. Yeah, right. Because. You know, what if there was a diversity of viewpoints in your life or your child's life? That, that would, would be, be horribly damaging. Tragic. They tragic could grow up to be tolerant and, sure. and, and yeah. decent human beings. Good Lord. What, what kind of a world do we want to live in? It's chaos. It's yeah. anarchy. It's dogs and cats living <laughs> together. Like, you know, and it's a, this is a statement, Cecil. It's a liar statement, right? Like, I just don't approve of the lifestyle. It's not a lifestyle. It's who they are maybe when they get older going to be sexually attracted to. Like you, th this this whole uh, verbiage that it, it's a it's a rhetorical attack to call yeah. this a lifestyle. And the thing is, is like I don't even care if it's a lifestyle. Like that's the thing about like like I don't even care if it is. Like even if even if I fucking bought your premise, which I don't, you dumb fuck, <laughs> I still don't care. Well, and you, you know, can you imagine like if there were? I, I can't think of an, another analogous lifestyle, right? There's no other analogous lifestyle. 
that uh, that, that I can imagine somebody being like, I just, you know, I, I'm going to pull my kids out of scouts because some group, I don't approve of that lifestyle. This is, you know, it's a lifestyle choice that I don't approve. Well, name one other. If that's what it is, if that's really true, give me one other example. Or, or in your worldview, are there only two lifestyles? Heterosexual, which encompasses a bajillion different things. Yeah. And homosexual, which encompasses a bajillion different things, only separated by who they're sexually attracted to. It's, it's crazy. I like, I like this. I like that the Boy Scouts are <clears throat> trying to modernize. And I hope that this happens. I hope that this really does go through. Um, it's interesting to note, though, that there's no talk about them dropping the religious requirement because right now atheists aren't allowed to be Boy Scouts. Yeah, I know. That's that's interesting. I don't <clears throat> again, I, I I feel like it's one of those. Requ- it's like they say it's a requirement, but it's not like you have to come in and swear on a stack of Bibles or whatever. Right. The f- yeah. You know what I mean? Like like it's a requirement. but It's not a requirement. I don't know that that would – I'm not a parent, so I don't really know if, what I would do if I was in this situation. But I don't know that that would bother me as much as the the gay thing because to me it's like it's like one is openly spouting your belief structure. The other one is sort of underlying belief structure, which really wouldn't bother me too much. I don't care. I mean there's plenty of places that I've been around where people have been religious and it, it – I mean it doesn't bother me at all. I don't care that people are religious. Um, I only care when the religious – Use that uh, that use of authority to injure or hurt other people. That's right. when I start to get upset. And just requiring people to be whatever, and you know, if it's unsaid, it's unsaid, wouldn't bother me. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't change my mind about that. And I think too, if if they do open this up, and that doesn't bother you, you should enroll your kids in Boy Scouts because just like every other boycott that happens out there, you shouldn't be like, well, I still don't want to do it. Oh, I I totally agree. It's funny because um, I had a lot of very positive experiences when I was a Cub Scout, and I was a little disappointed that that wasn't an option. Um, and I had a conversations with my wife about this, and you know she was so virulently against. And this thing came up, and she's like, "Well, you know, maybe now it's something we can consider." And, yeah. And I would want to support the organization. I would want to very be very <clears throat> open about saying, yes. like, "Hey, we are joining, and here's why we're joining." Right. You've got to reinforce this decision-making right. process, right? Because if you don't and you're like, oh, well, you know, fuck it. You know, they, they, they've pissed me off by not allowing gays once, so now I'm never going to even pay attention to them again. Once they change their decision, you've got to reinforce that because you've got to also understand that there's going to be a lot of people on the other side of that that are going to say, my kid stays home now. Exactly. You know? Yep. And you if, know you're exactly and right. And there's no incentive for them to do it unless you stand up and get your kid in there. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet. Uh, It has over 100,000 titles. Uh, This week, we're going to talk about a book Tom and I both listened to, a book called Endurance with the baddest man on the planet, Ernest fucking Shackleton. Yeah, this has nothing to do with our podcast, but believe me, this book is fucking spectacular. And the audio version of this book is a truly phenomenal listen. Um, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I was thrilled when you decided to listen to this book. I have been rambling endlessly about endurance ever since I heard it. I think it is one of the greatest stories of uh, human accomplishment and achievement and perseverance and resilience that that I have ever heard. It's gripping from the moment it begins to the end. I love this story. It's terrific. Yeah, and and I think that this is a perfect uh, – if you're looking for something that's that's got a bit of history in it and a lot of personality, this is one of those books. It, every moment of this book, Tom, I kept on thinking, how the fuck could this get any worse? <laughs> and every <laughs> moment of this book, worse. it gets so much worse than you think it could possibly get. And and I don't want to spoil the story for you, but it's an amazing story, like Tom said, of perseverance. You can download a free copy right now if you go to our uh, our portion of Audible. It's audiblepodcast.com forward slash dissonance pod. You could also go to our website, dissonancepod.com. There's a link in the center of the page for Audible. If you click there, that'll take you to the right spot. You could subscribe to Audible for free right now. Get your free audiobook download. Hey, maybe it's endurance. And every time one of you guys signs up for Audible, that is a direct supporting of our show, which we genuinely appreciate. 
In the name of Jesus, we speak that. I am to understand. It's the best story we have. I am to understand that there is a Super Bowl being played. <laughs> and it's not full of nachos or anything <laughs> you know, to make it super. It, it, it's awesome because anybody that knows me knows I don't know fucking anything at all about sports. Nothing. No, that's not true. I like the UFC. Yeah, okay. I like the UFC. So I guess you I don't, don't know anything about baseball football hockey or soccer or, you know any of the other sports where it requires a team right i just yeah. like to see people fight for money in yeah the cage. sure yeah i like don't blame you yeah, so that, do i I like that <laughs> the, the 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 traditional like god bless america sports i don't know anything about them never have never played them never watched them never been interested um i actually tried to make plans with my brother-in-law who's a very sporting gentleman <laughs> on sunday i'm like hey let's make some beer let's get together we'll brew oh, that some didn't beer. work out did it <laughs> he's like yeah i'm busy on sunday it's the super bowl and i'm like well, let's make some fucking beer man what are you talking about <laughs> i didn't have any idea um but at least one quarter of americans according to the cnn belief blog will be looking to the heavens for divine inspiration on who's going to win the big game. They, they, do, they do a lot of uh, sky pointing in a lot of sports, and football is no different. Um, UFC has it too. Oh, yeah, where, they do. You know, at the end, Benson Henderson will grab the mic and be like, I want to thank my Lord and personal Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, because Jesus Christ wanted you to fucking get that guy in a rear naked choke. Yeah, he wanted kidding. a man to be behind another man and have somebody say it was rear and naked. Yeah, that's what Jesus wanted. Who would Jesus elbow in yeah, the who eye? Would you, who would Jesus tap out? But, uh, but anyway, uh, they do a lot of finger pointing up to the sky in a football. I I, I really, it's one of the only other sports I watch is football. So I know a lot about uh, the different teams that are playing and whatnot. But, uh, and this is uh, American football for all you football people. <laughs> all those people all around the world football. are like, football? They don't play football in America. Uh, th- this is actually pretty funny, though, because w- the guy who is the most vocal <laughs> about God in this article is Ray Lewis. And Ray Lewis, as Tom discovered minutes before we went on this podcast, is somebody who got away with, maybe got away with, was acquitted of murder. <laughs> murder. 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 <laughs> you know, murder. And Lewis here, I'm going to read Lewis said, Ray Lewis said to reporters, God doesn't make mistakes. He's never made one mistake. God is so amazing. Here's another quote. He says, I'll tell anybody one thing about God's will. You can never see God's will before it happens. You can only see it at the end of it for his will to happen this way. I could never ask for anything else. And what is that? It's a fucking post hoc rationalization of fucking God's will. Like you're fucking also counting the hits and forgetting the misses. What about your murder trial, dude? Well, he's counting the hits, man. He I won. guess, yeah, I guess. He won, motherfucker. I, you know, according to Wikipedia, it looks a little sketchy. Like, I'm just saying, yeah. it looks a little sketchy. <laughs> you know, Even on Wikipedia, which is supposed to be kind of unbiased, they're like, they never found the suit and there was blood in his limo. Um, moving on. Let me just ask you two quick questions. Okay. Cecil, do you know where all your suits are? I do know where every suit I own is. Mainly because I only have one place to store my suits. I mean, so. I have several suits. They're yeah. in my closet. Yeah. If somebody said, hey, where's your blue pinstripe suit? I'd be like, that fucking thing is in my goddamn closet. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I lost my suit Yeah. because I changed out of my suit. No, that's not a thing. No, uh-uh. And Cecil, one more question. Bear with me now. How much blood is in your car? Does it does it have to be mine? No, in fact, it's better if it's not. <laughs> it's not a Heartland blood donation it van. Isn't. It, it isn't. It isn't. It's just a regular vehicle. Uh, yeah. I I think I think that there's going to be a lot of finger pointing to the sky this weekend. I I'm I'm kind of puzzled why people think that there's going to be 
uh, that, that God actually does give a rat's ass about. I mean, if, if you're God and you fucking spun the entire universe into existence, you care about a game on a fucking single fucking tiny planet in that existence? Yeah, I, I, it, it, this is 27%. 27% of Americans are like, oh, yeah. <laughs> How many people on the earth now, Tom? Uh, about 7 billion. 7 billion. Of those 7 billion, there's mm-hmm. going to be 22 playing a game. Yeah, hang on a minute. And that's what we care about. Into seven billion. <laughs> Hold on, carry the. No, that's not a lot of fucking people. Not a lot as of it turns people, out. man. You know, and and the thing is, is that he cares way more about them than the twenty-two people that die a second from fucking hunger in you know Africa or whatever. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it, like you. you that's look not at a this real number, by the way. That's no, not a real it's number. just made yeah, up. That's but made it's, up. It it's it is startling to look at this and be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Two thirds of the world lives on less than a dollar a day. Yeah. Like that's. The most of them. That's billions, more than one billion people. And God is like, yeah, but, you know, I think the Ravens got a tight D this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck? I love that little Kaepernick kid. He can really run. <laughs> He's got his having a Super Bowl party. He's, like, making some fucking wings up there. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his beer out. He's got his fucking Try the mango and- salsa. I spent all day on it. <laughs> <laughs> What the actual fuck? What the actual fuck? What the fuck? What the actual fucking fuck fuck? What the actual... The actual flying fuck. What the actual fuck? What the actual fuck is this conservatedia bullshit? What the what? 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 What the actual fuck conservatedia? Atheists and Obesity, Part 1. According to the Gallup, Inc., very religious Americans are more likely to practice healthy behaviors than those who are moderately religious or non-religious. The Gallup study gives some insight into the above-average health habits of the very religious and not necessarily the health habits of atheists. The reason is that the Gallup organization defines a non-religious as a person where religion is not an important part of daily life and church, synagogue, mosque attendance occurs seldom or never. This group constitutes 29.7% of the adult population. While many Western atheists are non-religious, not all non-religious people are atheists. Gallup further declares, very religious Americans make healthier choices than their moderately religious and non-religious counterparts across all four of the healthy behavior index metrics, including smoking, healthy eating, and regular exercise. Smoking is one area of particular differentiation between the very religious and less religious Americans, with the non-religious 85% more likely to be smokers than those who are very religious. Two of the major risk factors for becoming obese, according to the Mayo Clinic, are poor dietary choices and inactivity. Thus, given the above-cited Gallup research, it appears as if non-religious are more prone to becoming obese than very religious individuals. The Bible declares that gluttony is a sin. Furthermore, the Bible declares the physical body of Christians to be temples of the Holy Spirit. Another example of strongly held religious beliefs affecting behavior in terms of the avoidance of sins and health problems is that religious upbringing and culture affects rates of homosexuality, and there are a number of diseases which homosexuals have higher incidences of. For example, homosexuality is rare among Orthodox Jews, and even the liberal researcher Alfred Kinsey noted the rarity of homosexuality within the Orthodox Jewish community. Therefore, it is not surprising that many very religious Christians and other religious groups, which incorporate healthy beliefs and practices within their religion, would lead healthier lives. Obesity is positively associated with impulsiveness, lower self-discipline, and neuroticism. In addition, many people overeat in response to negative emotions, such as depression, anger, anxiety, and boredom. In January of 2011, CNN reported... People unaffiliated with organized religion, atheists and agnostics, also report anger toward God, either in the past or anger focused on a hypothetical image, that is, what they imagine God might be like, said lead study author Julie Exline. Of course, given the irrationality of atheism, it is not surprising that there are atheists who are angry at God, who is morally perfect. 
a high percentage of the founders and prominent leaders of the militant New Atheist Movement have had problems with being overweight, and anger may have been a causal factor in some cases. See New Atheism Leadership's Problem with Excess Weight. Certainly, anger cannot be ruled in terms of militant atheists, such as new atheists, having problems with obesity. In addition, Christians have good reasons to believe a hedonist lifestyle is a causal factor of atheism. See Causes of Atheism. The Apostle Paul wrote that in the end times, men would be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. This story is from Yahoo News, Yahoo Blog News. Applebee's fires waitress who posted receipt from pastor complaining about automatic tip. Uh, this actually was uh, posted to Reddit. Somebody posted a, uh, a, a photo of a gratuity. Tip was 18%. It was automatically added onto the bill. Um, it's $34.93 or what have you. Um, and the, the individual who... Uh, signed for this was evidently a pastor, and they they scratched out the amount of the tip. They scratched off the 18% and wrote, I give God 10%. Why do you get 18? You're shortchanging God then. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing I'm thinking. It's like, well, wait a minute. You, God is worth 10%, and I, a hardcore cheap motherfucker, routinely tip 20 you're fucking giving it to God in the pooper, man. Well, God just doesn't do as much as a good server. It's true. I mean, you it's know, true. like you get a good server, your meal's excellent. You get a good God, what what can you expect? Pretty much the same thing as you could expect without a God. That's that's an excellent, excellent point. What a douchebag thing to do. <laughs> yeah. And then at the bottom here, I'm going to read directly from the article. It says, um, this is the waitress that that wrote, that actually posted this online. Applebee's fired her, by the way. Said, I had no intention of starting a witch hunt or hurting anyone. I just wanted to share a picture I found interesting, she said. I come home exhausted, sore, burnt, dirty, and blistered on a good day. And after all that, I can be fired for embarrassing someone who directly insults their server on religious grounds. Um, and then this, the server also isn't buying uh, the pastor's embarrassment. If this person wrote the note, obviously they wanted to be seen by someone, she said. I've I've been stiffed on tips before, but this is the first time I've seen the big man used as reasoning. And and no shit, you know what I mean? Like like when you post something, you write something stupid on your check to somebody, you're being insulting to someone. You give them a zero dollar tip, even though she said she left six dollars on the table. Even still, she didn't put it on the card or whatever. Um, I don't know that I believe that anyway. I don't believe it either. But in any case, she said she left the money, um, but she still scribbled it out and still was shitty on her check. You can really tell someone's character by how they treat service personnel. You know what I mean? You can, you walk up, you know, if you have a friend and you, you see them treat somebody who's a service, you know, somebody who does this as a living, you, you can tell you're like, oh my gosh, you can see a side of somebody open up. This person is clearly an asshole. This person is clearly an asshole, and they got called on being an asshole. Now, I don't think that this woman should have posted this shit to Reddit, especially because they have a policy against it at Applebee's. You're not allowed to do it. So she got fired. Hey, that's, you know, you fucking took the chance by posting it on Reddit. But uh, I would have just covered the woman's name up. I don't know why they just kept the woman's name on there. Then nobody would have been able to tell. This whole thing, she wasn't sorry. She meant to fucking belittle the person who was serving them food. Yep. And... You know, and now she gets caught and now she's sorry. It's just like all those people who all those fucking guys out there who are in Congress who get caught in affairs and they're oh so fucking sorry. Yeah, you weren't saying you were sorry when you were coming in your fucking mistress. You're sorry now that you're standing next to your wife and you fucking got caught. That's when you're sorry. Yeah, she's she's that's exactly it, man. She's sorry she got called out for being an asshole. And she says she even comes out and I mean, she says that it was a lapse in judgment and character. And, you know, it's like, yeah, fucking right. It was. But it wasn't a lapse in judgment. It was revealing your character. Right. I don't believe for a moment that it was a lapse in judgment because it couldn't happen to you, Cecil. No, I would never do that. There's no way in hell that you would do that. You would never write something just just snarky and mean-spirited and shitty to a server just to make them feel. It's not in your character. It's not part of who you are. It and- couldn't happen to you. It's not. It's not like, oh, I just made a bad call. It's... <clears throat> Who I am was revealed. 
And we, it was revealed to the whole world. We had a conversation right before we went on where we were talking about how much we leave for tips and things like that. And I had mentioned that w- one of the things I almost always do is leave 20% no matter whether the service is good or bad. And I mentioned to you something like, yeah, maybe I'll start leaving a little less when the service is poor because I'd like, t- I'd like to reinforce good behavior and punish – and not punish, but at least show that I recognize their negative behavior. And you said you didn't know that you could even do that. You didn't even know that you could even leave less money than 20% because you would feel bad when you left because you know – the shitty fucking job that these people have to do every goddamn day. You know it's not a fucking rewarding job. You know they're not making a shit ton of money. You know that they're living off the kindness of fucking others. So you recognize, you're like, man, I don't know that I could fucking do that. This was above and beyond the call of shitty. Because not only did you not leave, you didn't leave 10%, you didn't leave 15%, you didn't leave, you didn't leave 8%, you didn't leave 7%, you left fucking 0%, okay? And then, to fucking add on to the whole thing, you insult the person. You say you're fucking worthless to me. You are worthless to me. So, you know, you are being a total shithead. I could see just leaving zero, even. And not call, not raising a fuss. Okay, maybe the waitress was a fucking the worst waitress ever. But nobody deserves to get a fucking little note written to them with you know tip. Hey, here's a tip: cut your hair fucking shorter or something. Right, right. Some snarky little fucking right. comment like this, you know. And it's like this was a table of eight people. Right. It was not an inconsiderable amount of work, even if all they got was coffee. Who's that guy on the other side of the glory hole? It's Jesus. What the fuck is with this next story? Vatican Crimes Revealed. VaticanCrimes.us? What the hell is with this website? Evangelical pastor convinced followers his penis contained holy milk. He was arrested. I find myself not at all surprised that he was arrested. Not at all surprised that somebody would give this a whirl. (laughs) Give this a whirl. Really surprised anybody would be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's holy milk? Because I think that looks like ejaculate. <laughs> um, that's not holy milk. Like, you can't. Who's buying this? You know, I'm digging through this article, Tom, and I can't. I don't see it. They don't say, they don't say how old this guy is, but looking at him, I bet you that milk is expired. <laughs> you know, I bet you. You know, maybe maybe it's cottage cheese by now. Oh, I don't know. Oh, no está bien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's got a, his yogurt gun. Evidently, has a lot of people wanting to his yogurt hang gun. out on it. The thing is, is like like the, the he convinced people to do this, right? And this is a this is fucking this happens all the time, but. You know, after the sermon, he'd just be like, hey, everybody, group blowjob, come get some holy milk. And people would be like, okay, I'm coming to get some holy milk. Here we go. I wonder if he let dudes up in there. I, I mean, is it only for women? Only women can have the holy milk? Right. Well, maybe they got a snowball. I don't know. Oh, I, I'm not even. That, no. That's horrifying. It's horrifying. Oh. I do not want to have this conversation. Oh, that's awesome, though. That's the, hilarious. The, the, the quote he has convinced us that only God could come into our lives through our mouth, and that's why he would do what he did. That's I have to yeah. say, it's not that much different than the Holy Communion. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's not. really not. It's, yeah, it's really not. He has convinced us that only God could come into our lives through our mouth. Actually, that dude was coming in your mouth. Yeah, so, that's, you've got that yeah, so I, I mean, I don't know. It's not just God. It's that uh, dude, too. It, it, the, the end of this article is terrific. This pastor's already in jail where, he said when they arrested him, he intends to continue watering his cellmates with his sacred milk. Dude, you are going to get watered. Oh. I'm just saying. Maybe. Just maybe be this... prepared, for, prepared for a serious water canning. Is this, is this, is this like a fucking punk news site? Because part of me thinks that with that last line, yeah. we're, we're getting punked. We may be getting punked. We va- but you know the thing is, two or three of our listeners sent us this as well. Yeah, and so I, if, I did do then a search. I consider them pumped. I did do a search for this too, and a bunch of different articles popped up. So if even if it is a satire site, other people are being punked by the satire. So I don't know. Maybe that last line to me sounds like satire, though. Yeah, it. it if it's not satire. How long did he get away with yeah, this? Yeah, I don't know. And what was he bragging about? It? He'd be like, hey, hey, bro, I just milked your wife. Like, <laughs> You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. 
This next story is from News Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. That's not our Zimbabwe. Our news. Because I would want to own this. Shy Town Blast. Beheaded goblin fought back, says eyewitness. (laughs) Best story all week. Uh, What? This is a story. (laughs) This story can't get crazier. No, it really can't. A traditional healer and survivor of the... Shitsuwaza blast. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You pronounced that's not that a perfectly. Word. That's perfect. That's accurate. <laughs> Shitungwiza? That's all. That's better. That's even better. Blast. Claims the tragedy occurred during a cleansing ceremony, and this is my this favorite. This is my favorite. <laughs> in which an imported <laughs> goblin. You got to watch out for the imported goblins. <laughs> was beheaded. Well, you don't want the domestics. You know, like yeah. <laughs> when you're ordering your goblins, they're like, would you like an imported or domestic, sir? Oh, they bring man. back the goblin. You, you like smell it. You sniff it a little bit to make sure the goblin's not corked. You like you got the decapitated goblin's head in your hand. And you're sniffing its like severed neck. You're like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Is this good or not? Yeah. Right, this Do you is- have this goblin on draft? Yeah. Like, is it just bottles? <laughs> just bottles. What is it that goblins do best, Tom? I don't know. Gobble. I have no idea. They gobble. Gold. They gobble. They gobble. gobble. That's gobble. what they do best. We have an American version here in the United States. Uh, the Hamburglar. He robbles. <laughs> the Hamburglar. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, there was like a whole rash of McDonald's exploding because there was like a ra- there was an imported Hamburglar that was running around, robbling around, robbling around. <laughs> At what point are you like, oh man, we have got to import us a goblin? Where do we go on Amazon? It's like a, one eight, it's like a hey, can you call one eight hundred goblins for me? It's a I goblin get... black market. Like, hey, stay hey, buddy, want to buy a goblin? It's imported. The thing this is, cages full yeah. of go- like forlorn goblins. There's protesters outside, like stop goblin trafficking, stop. like stop. free the goblins. Yeah. That's awesome. Stop killing goblins for their ivory. <laughs> Actually, hold on now. I know a lot about goblins from an extensive amount of Dungeons and Dragons games, so I'm kind of an authority here. But actually, the thing is, is that goblins are not they're not cherished for their ivory, which is a misconception. They're actually filled with gold coins. I don't know filled if you knew this, but coins. you know, I, like they are fascinated by gold, and unlike say like the leprechauns or as i like to call them the irish um they store <laughs> the their irish. gold they store their gold inside of them not in little pots okay so they actually put it inside of them so just like if you cut off their head there's this explosion of gold coins and or rings that pops out and it's like a mentos bottle right when you put the mentos in the in the diet coke there's just a lot of pressure so what happened is they cut this this goblin's head off all the gold coins start shooting out cuz like like i said I played yeah. D&D. I know that they have a lot of gold coins in them. And then they just it's just exploded the entire place. That's what happened. This 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 strikes me as the most scientifically yeah. sound explanation. <laughs> I should be I should be on the forensic team there. And it's you know the other thing too the good thing is is that you know that there was the gold coins to reimburse them cuz I want to read it says according to Miss Banda uh, transport operator Mr. Clever Clev, Mr. Clever, that's great. Mr. Clever, whatever the fuck his last name is, approached seeking to help dispose of the troubling goblin. He was to pay $15,000 for the ritual. And really, you're kind of getting off cheap because, um, you know, if you let the goblins go, if you let it go and you get an infestation, do you know where the last time they had a huge goblin infestation? Dresden. Dresden. Huge oh goblin God. infestation at Dresden. <laughs> And oh, look no. at all the buildings that fell down there, Tom. That was bad times. $15,000 is a little, very little to pay. Very little. The, you know, it should be noted that this goblin was a money-spinning goblin from a nearby country, which was acquired to boost the fortunes of this guy's transport business. He decided to dispose of it after it started to make extreme demands. What kind of demands does a goblin have? Make me a sandwich. It is a money-spinning goblin. 
if I had a money spinning thing and it was like, I would like a different thing, I'd be like, fucking, you spend money for me? Yeah. You're going to spin the fucking money. I don't know what that means exactly. I'm assuming you're making money. You're basically like a counterfeiting machine. Fantastic. No kidding, right? Why do you be it? This is killing the Golden Goblin. Yeah. And why Why would the Goblin demand, and what, what could the Goblin possibly demand that you couldn't buy it for? Like, couldn't you just be like, well, you know, wants hookers and blow. I'm going to go out and get some hookers and blow because I have unlimited funds. Unless he's like, you know, you better open that ass to me. Like, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing he could be demanding that you can't buy, right? I love, too, that they were upset that the Goblin uh, fought back yeah, fought after back. they beheaded it. Well, yeah. Well, did, maybe you insulted it. Yeah. You know, I don't know much about Goblin culture. <laughs> You know, I know that in some cultures, like, you can't make the A-OK sign or, right. like, thumbs up. Right. Maybe in goblin culture, it's rude to behead somebody. It's not a good thing to behead them. I wonder if this is just a cover-up. There was probably a, a Jankum lab there. A Jankum <laughs> lab? Oh, my gosh. Ah. Now here comes all the mail. Oh, Jankum's Jankum's not really a real thing. <laughs> So uh, we got a little bit of voicemail, one voicemail I want to play for you right now. This is from Steve, the tow truck driver. What's going on, Todd? This is Steve, the tow truck driver. I'm just calling because I wanted to let you guys know that you have motivated me to start my own cause or group or community, as you will, um, on Facebook, and I'm going to hopefully start my own podcast. I'm not going to plug it. But, you know, I just want to let you guys know you were the motivation for that. If I can plug it, let me know on the air next time because I listen every week. Thanks, guys. Bye. So Steve wants to uh, plug his podcast. Uh, Steve, call us up and plug your podcast. Just make it short plug enough away. to play. <laughs> I don't care. Plug away, bro. We uh, we have we have people on all the time that plug all kinds of things. We don't mind if you want to call up and plug your blog or whatever. Go ahead and do it. Now, one guy called and plugged his blog, and we wound up not playing his voicemail. We still plugged his blog afterwards. So, <laughs> so go ahead and call up. That's great. Tom, why don't why don't we re- you know we haven't read a, a Google Translate in a long time for one of these. Maybe this will be funny. Maybe not. But what's going on, Five? This is Steve, tow truck driver. I was just calling because I want to let you guys know that you have motivated me to start my own Collins or group <laughs> or community, as you will, on Facebook. And I'm hoping to talk. I'll talk to you. I'm not going to flood it. But, you know, I just want to let you guys know you were going to base that if I can point it, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm a right back because I was every week. Thanks, guys. Bye, Just. Bye, Just. <laughs> Bye, Just. So thank you. Steve, ye old tow truck driver, for calling in. We appreciate it. We got a comment uh, from somebody who uh, sent us an email about episode three of Everyone's a Critic, which they pronounce as Everybody's a Critic. Um, <laughs> they say, uh, I don't even, how do you even say that name? Darth Vader. Darth Vader. (laughs) Boston says, hey, guys, I've been listening to Cognitive Distance for a while, and I just picked up your old podcast. Got to say marked improvement. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I listened to the Shawshank Redemption episode, which was, like, produced in 2007, by the way. Uh, The commentary on Dawkins surprised me a bit. Your opinion on on being an atheist and your approach to people of faith sounds markedly different. Uh, Do you feel that your positions and perspectives have changed since then? Uh, Yes. Absolutely. Dramatically. Um, dramatically. Uh, I feel like, um, firstly, there's a uh, uh, there's a feeling that I have that um, when, I, when we started doing Everyone's a Critic, we really didn't pay a lot of attention to any skeptical or atheist things. Uh, and then we started looking at more and more news items, and there was more and more things that came up, and especially within the last two or three years, that were horrifying. And... It, 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 it sort of jars you. You can't look at it and think, oh, well, I can just be, you know, I can, I can be ignorant and think that, you know, religion doesn't cause some sort of harm. I mean, obviously, you know, there will, there will be people that say religion does no good, and I would, I would argue that that's not the case. But I would certainly say that there is religion that does harm. And, uh, and to ignore that fact, you know, there's no way I could be where I am right now and think, and think 
the same that I did when in episode three of Everyone's a Critic. Yeah, it's been a lot of years. Uh, it's been a lot of years, and this show is, you know, I, I think w- one of the things that's been interesting about doing Everyone's a Critic and then doing Cognitive Dissonance is that um, we're not the same people over the course of that seven years. A lot of things have happened in your life. A lot of things have happened in my life. And this show, I think this show has changed, uh, you know, our thoughts and our opinions, and we've grown as we've done the show. So, um, certainly our opinions have changed. I want to address, Cecil, this line from the email. By the way, my little brother thinks you guys are hysterical, and you don't? <laughs> Just like, hey, by the way, I hear other people like you, <laughs> not <Yeah>. me. <laughs> Fucking, you suck. But my brother likes you. Awesome. Thanks, Darth Vader. We got an email from Ray. Uh, he says, greetings from Vancouver, Canada. Uh, he likes our show. At the, end of the, at the end of the email, he says, I've listened to all 83 episodes and recommend you to all my godless friends. In fact, I'm actually 6'3 now, thanks to your show. <laughs> keep it emergence. I love the keep it emergence <laughs> at the bottom. But what I, I like that he's 6'3 now. I think that that's great. I think that, you know, I'm glad we could help you in any way we could. Yeah, as a man who's 5'8", I've listened to all of these shows. They're not helping at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a fucking fat Keebler elf. Keep it emergence. So, Tom, uh, Sonoris sends in an email, and uh, this is sort of directed at you because we were talking a, a couple weeks ago when we had um, Arden Atheist and uh, Heather Henderson on. We were talking about uh, atheist TV characters. Yeah, he says, uh, I don't know if either of you watch The Good Wife, but last night the lead character came out as an atheist. It was interesting to see how it was handled and also its political implications. Her husband is running for governor. So far, the only atheist characters on TV seem to have been men. House, Big Bang Theory. So this is new so far as I know. Uh, I don't watch the. I don't even. I've never heard of the Good Wife, to be honest with you. Um, so I'm not real familiar with the show. Um, but it's nice to see those things happen. I think it's important that uh, that our entertainment that the, those are those are those are reflective of our cultural values. Um, you know, the stories, the narratives um, that we use to entertain ourselves are not defining in and of themselves, but reflective. Um, of sort of the zeitgeist of our of our uh, social narrative. So to see those things changing, I think, is uh, exciting, and I'm glad to hear that. Logan sends in an email. Uh, Logan says that uh, the Islamic call to prayer is what we play on the show when we do the Muslim segments, and uh, he translated it for us. I'm going to read it. It says – I'm just going to read the translation. It says, Allah is the greatest. Allah is the greatest. Kind of sounds like a cheer. Um, yeah. I, I testify there is no God but Allah. I testify there is no God but Allah. Uh, Allah. Allah. Um, Allah. I testify. Alan. I testify there is no God but Allah. I testify <laughs> that Muhammad is the prophet of Allah. And then it says again, I testify that Muhammad is the prophet of Allah. Come to the prayer. Come to the prayer. Come to success. Come to success. Come in, little girl. No, it doesn't say that. Um, <laughs> it says come to success. Um, so he says uh, he – he was a deconverted white guy who converted and de- – or he says, granted, I'm a white guy who converted and deconverted, but that's how I remember it. So thank you, Logan, for sending that in. I had no idea. Um, I, I didn't realize that they repeated themselves so much in that, but you know, I guess that's what a prayer is. Right. It's just a con- – I, I like the come to success. Yeah. It sounds like it's like a uh, multi-level marketing scheme. It's like, <laughs> you know? it's like Tony Robbins has given the prayers there. It, it's like – you don't have, you know, these are products you're already buying, yeah. and you don't have to buy the products. Just get 20 of your friends to sign up. <laughs> Come to success. You know, wait, what the fuck? It's a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Um, Jason sends an email and says that uh, I just listened to the most recent episode, and someone emailed asking about the Muslim chant between segments. You said it was the Muslim call to prayer. I knew it sounded something like that, but I always thought it was a clip you were playing with satire. Uh, <laughs> and he says, all I ever hear when it plays is Allah went kaboom. <laughs> There's no and look, look, Jason. There's no saying that that's not actually in there. I'm, it there. might be in there, but we are actually playing a a straight up. This is right from a fucking thing I found on YouTube. So. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, that's what it says yeah, now. Uh, Thomas uh, made us hate mm. cinnamon buns forever. Oh God, this is horrible. The, Thomas sent us some crazy fucking Swedish lyrics of insanity last time. About the jerk bun? It was the the jerk bun. Jerk bun song. And we made fun of it because, you know, jerk bun song. And uh, he said, 
my last email about jerk bun needs an explanation. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. It really didn't at all. Jerk bun is an old game that all the men in the game jerk off over a cinnamon bun, and the poor bastard that is last has to eat the rest. I don't believe you in the U.S. have this game. <laughs> Hope that you find this fun. Sir, I did not find that fun. As a man who used to love cinnamon buns, I will oh. tell you, that is not the best email I've ever read, Thomas. I read that email. I couldn't eat, cin- I couldn't eat a cinnamon bun for five, maybe ten minutes. Yeah, it was like, it was like a 30-second was... hiatus of my <laughs> cinnamon buns. Oh, seriously, though, what a disgusting game, my friends. How do you propose that I don't even game know. to a bunch of people? You, you hey. have to be stuck in the snow for a really long time to think that's a good idea. <laughs> We haven't seen the sun in so long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is an email from Isaac. He says, just listen to the new episode. Was I the only one when the dude mentioned the atheist metal band? Imagine Rickard, Richard Dawkins dressed like Dave Mustaine and screaming about the Kalam cosmological argument into a mic. No, we both thought that, too, at the exact same time. That's spectacular. I love it. Thank you, Isaac. Uh, last week we talked about um, we talked about a rapist. Uh, that got off in the British court system and um, through, I think, maybe some fault of ours and certainly some fault of the way the article was written, we were, I think, a little misled. Uh, That was a statutory rape or what we would call an underaged, what seemed to be consent-filled sexual activity. Um, So we were not, I think... uh, I, I don't know how you read the article, Tom, but I did not read the article that way. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think the details were clear. For me, it didn't really matter, though. I mean, the uh, I'll be honest, like whether it's a statutory rape or a forcible rape or, you know, whatever the circumstance was, um, we, we did get a comment, you know, saying that uh, somebody disagreed with our assessment and thought that uh, this guy was as much a victim as the girl. Um, and, and, and she had some reasons, and, and her uh, comment can be found on our blog. Um, I just disagree with that. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry that you didn't know that it was a crime to have sex with a 13-year-old girl, but it is. It's just that's a crime. Like, she could not have consented to that activity. And, you know, the article was not – didn't certainly didn't paint all of the details in uh, uh, an exacting light. That's for sure. But nonetheless, I would stand by my statement that the, the, this sort of shit has to get punished – if for no other reason than to send a message to communities that they need to do a better job educating their members of the community not to treat women like cattle. Yeah, I I, I agree in some ways. I think that – first off, I think an 18-year-old and a 13-year-old, I don't know that that's such a strange thing to happen. I know that that probably happens a lot uh, all over the world when you're like, you know, some 13-year-olds get into freshman year and somebody was held back a year or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's a – there's a there's a dynamic there where those people can meet and can see each other. And I don't know that it's 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 not that upsetting to me that somebody did that if that was the case. Um, what 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 ticks me off about this is like somebody saying, well, I was ignorant of the law. It's like, well, that's not a fucking excuse. You don't get right. to say that ever. You basically have to say, look, there's a law about it. Oops. I chose to live in this society. I basically signed a contract that said, I'm willing to live by your laws. Well, your law includes one that says that if I'm this age, I can't have sex with a girl that's, that's younger than this age. Well, you did. And that's the problem. But we do thank uh, Sarah for, for sending for, – for commenting on this. It was not something that I had caught when I read the article. I, I had missed – um, I guess it was one of the bold points at the top sort of led it on a little bit differently. But when you read the article, I mean, they really do say like he raped her and it didn't feel like um, it didn't. And again, it's the Daily Mail. So chances are <laughs> chances are they have a slant that they're trying to push. So uh, what that tells me is that I've got to be more careful when I read these articles. But thank you for mentioning it, Sarah. We appreciate the comment on the blog and the correction. Julio sends an email and. He starts it out with, hey, idiots. <laughs> <laughs> this is Julio from Tennessee again. I just want to let you guys know that there's a petition to allow Obama uh, to uh, Obama to allow atheists to run for public office in all states. I guess there's many states that don't do that. Um, so there's a petition that we'll share a link on our blog because these petitions, people like to sign them. And it's like these petitions are like American prayer. 
It's a way to make you right. feel like you're doing something when you're not actually doing something. But yeah. well, um, twenty five thousand, and they have to respond, but they don't have to respond with anything meaningful. Right? They and they and they've proven that when we've yes. said it a couple times, they don't have to respond to anything meaningful mm-hmm. except for we value your opinion. And you're just like, well, great, do something about it then. Yeah, but in any right. case, we will post this link because we are we are happy to promote um, this and uh, and. We also got another email from Julio that said, sorry for calling you idiots. I meant to email some other group. <laughs> and I just put idiots on there. Um, yeah, we get emails like that all the time. Like people are like, hey, fuckers, or hey, douchebags, or hey, assholes. And I think it's because we swear they think that they can just swear at us. For I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't I, know why that I don't know why people would think that because I, like, I don't open people's email and be like, this fucking cunt said, you know, like, I don't do that. Like, I say the person's name and I'm, I'm cordial to people who are cordial to me. I only, I only seem to swear at the people who are assholes that we're talking about. But we, nevertheless, we get some really stupid emails where people are like, hey, fuckwits, hey, cumbags. And you're just like, what the fuck, dude? What did I do to you except for provide you with a free hour of entertainment? I have never understood that. That's been part of the show. That's been part. And we never address those emails. Like, if you send us an email, we're just like, I'm going to treat you like a pile of dog yeah. shit. Gonna like, well, I'm going to ignore your email. Yeah. Thanks for that, bro. We just put you in the spam filter, my friend. <laughs> Next one, we ain't even going to answer. Uh, but, Block sender. But it's nice. That's nice that we got an email that starts out with, hey, idiots. And then the next one, he's like, oh, fuck, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do yeah. that. And it's like, oh, thank you, Julio. Thank you for at least recognizing, you know, instead of the other people like, hey, cumbags. <laughs> okay, bro. You mad? <laughs> well, that wraps up a what we thought was going to be a fast episode, which is not all that fast. But uh, but that wraps it up, and we are going to leave you, as always, with The Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno-Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo-quasi-alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council.